Well, hello there. I, I kept practicing not to say good morning because it's afternoon now, and I always get up here and say good morning. Well, it's, uh, it's Good Friday, and uh, it's, it's, just a, a one, it's been a wonderful week uh, at our church. We have been uh, serving in, in a great capacity in our community. You'll notice a lot of people in blue t-shirts uh, in the audience today. We have a project just after the service in 15 minutes. We're going to be meeting and going over to the George Washington Manor Escaton and serving there and preparing meals. Some are staying here to prepare meals uh, just to, to love our community and lay down our lives like Christ laid down his, his, himself for us. Um, so today I want to just welcome you to Good Friday. It's kind of one of those bittersweet days, isn't it? We, we say it's Good Friday and we're kind of perplexed like, why is this so good? Jesus died. And, and we think of the movies like The Passion of the Christ or the Jesus film and it, it hits us emotionally and it leaves us a little stressed out and a little solemn after those things. But today I want to look at why it was so good and what it, what it was accomplished at the cross. So let's, let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity you've given us to worship you, to celebrate you, to remember who you are. I pray you'd be in our hearts today. God, I pray that we would constantly be believing in the work and word of Jesus Christ the gospel that is our salvation. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for what was accomplished on the cross. And God, we are so excited to celebrate on, on Sunday the fact that you didn't remain on the cross or in the tomb, but you rose from the dead, conquering Satan, sin, and death once and for all. We are grateful and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to be in Isaiah chapter 53. If you'd like to turn there in your Bible or one of the pew rack, you may. <clears throat> I'm going to read the whole chapter, and then we're going to, we're going to talk about Good Friday, okay? Isaiah chapter 53, beginning in verse number 1. The prophet Isaiah writes, Who has believed what we have heard? And who has the arm of the Lord been revealed to? He grew up before him like a tender plant or a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or splendor that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like one people turned away from. He was despised and we did not value him. Yet he himself bore our sickness and he carried our pains and we, in turn, regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The punishment for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way. And the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment, and who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. They made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man at his death, although he had done no violence and had, spoken, and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him and to make him sick. When you make him a restitution offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days and the, Lord, and, and, and the will of the Lord will succeed by his hand. <clears throat> he will see it out of his anguish and he will be satisfied with his knowledge. 
My righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he has submitted himself to death and was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. Listen, Good Friday was probably the single most horrible day in the history of the world. And, and we've seen dark days. We see dark days all around us. But any event in comparison to this day pales. No incident has ever been more tragic and no future event will ever match it. And no suffering has ever been so unfitting or unjustified on a person. Yet we call it Good Friday. So what was meant as evil We must understand God intended for good. We see some players in the gospel, and and all of us are in some place in this picture. But Judas, let's talk about Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot meant it for evil, didn't he? He meant the cross for evil. He, He wanted some silver. He wanted some money. And he betrayed Christ and delivered him over to be arrested and crucified. Then the Jewish leaders that were around, they also meant it for evil. The Jewish leaders were these power-hungry people who couldn't stand Jesus as a threat to their power. And, so, and, and in doing that, they, they rejected the Messiah in order to, to gain their own power and keep their own power. And in, in rejecting the Messiah, they handed him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. The Jewish leaders meant it for evil. Pilate, Pontius Pilate meant it for evil. And we look at Pontius Pilate as the governor and he was kind of in between. He's like, I don't know, this guy's not really guilty. I don't know if we should really do this. And he says, I wash my hands of this. So we think maybe he was a little more passive, but he still intended it for evil because scripture says Pontius still delivered Jesus over to the people's will. And in doing that, he sinned and joined them in their wickedness. Pontius Pilate meant it for evil. Finally, the people meant it for evil. And that could be you and I. You know, we talk about who crucified Jesus. It wasn't the Jews back in 2,000 years ago. It was, it was you and I who crucified Jesus. And had we been there, we probably, probably would have been yelling, crucify him along with them. The people allowed themselves to be incited into violence and into, into uproars. And they shouted, crucify him. They, they decided to let a guilty man, an evidently guilty, no doubt about it, to let this guilty man free and let's punish Jesus, the innocent one, instead. The people meant it for evil. But while Judas meant it for evil and the Jewish leaders meant it for evil and while Pilate meant it for evil and while the people, and you and I could even say we meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Even though Satan is sinful, uh, Satan and sinful man meant it for evil, God had a bigger purpose. God was at work doing his greatest good that day. He was doing his greatest good. So I want to look at four quick things about what was the good that was on Dark Friday. What, what good happened on Dark Friday? Well, the first thing is this. It was the way that God loved us. John 3.16 says, For God loved the world in this way, that he sent his one and only son. Now, he just didn't send his one and only son into the world to, to live, but he sent his one and only son into the world to live perfectly so he could die for us. You see, Good Friday shows God's enormous love for you and I. God decided that while we couldn't reach him and while we couldn't, couldn't uh, get to heaven on our own and our own merit, 
God came down to us in human form and did it for us. The next thing we see is that Jesus humbled himself so that our pride could be placed on him, so our shame could be placed on him. That's the next good thing that happened. Jesus humbled himself. Our scripture text in Isaiah said he was despised and rejected. He was a man of sorrows. He was oppressed and afflicted. Other places in scripture he's called a friend of sinners. Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords who humbled himself and became a humble, suffering servant for us. Where he should have had, have had every right to everything and all authority is his. And he could, have, he could have led kingdoms and wiped out nations. He decided to humble himself and let them crucify him. So that the shame that we have would be placed on him. He humbled himself, scripture says, and became obedient to death on a cross as our perfect lamb sacrifice. And scripture goes on, it says that he humbled himself and became obedient for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, he endured what you and I should have endured for the joy that was set before him. Now this was a hard punishment. This was the the wages of sin is death and being forsaken from God. But he did it because of joy and because of love. He authored our salvation through his death as he joyfully endured the cross as our humble suffering savior he took the shame so we you and i could approach the throne of grace with confidence and receive mercy and help in our time of need whatever i thought was to my credit was counted as filthy rags when jesus gave himself on that cross and when jesus gave himself on that cross as you and I trust and believe in him and the gospel, we are able to take on his righteousness, his perfection, his purity. And though our sins were as scarlet, he has washed us what? White as snow. <clears throat> what else was good about that dark Friday? Well, number three is this. He was crushed so we wouldn't have to be. He was crushed so we wouldn't have to be. He went to the cross for you. He went to the cross for me. And I want you to understand when he did that, it was, it was us he had in mind. There were a lot of statements in this passage of Isaiah. I just want to read a few that, that focus around the our sins, the, the our statements. It says, yet he bore him, uh, but yet he himself bore our sickness. He carried our pains. He carried mine and yours. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. <clears throat> the punishment for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. And the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all, our iniquity. He will carry their iniquities. See, Jesus was not crushed because Jesus was a bad guy. Jesus was not crushed because Jesus said he was God falsely. Jesus was crushed for our sins in our place. And he was crushed so we wouldn't have to be. See, the first part of this text in Isaiah says this. Who has believed what the Lord or what who has believed what we have heard and who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The question is who has believed in the Son of God? And when we believe in the Son of God, when we receive through faith what he did on the cross in our place to pay for our sins, we have this new life we receive in Christ. 
And, and, and there's nothing that can ever take that away or change that, that we are sealed by His Spirit. And we have this, this hope inside of us and this power and this strength inside of us that is, that is His Spirit that can never be taken away. And Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says this, he says, we have this treasure, this treasure of Christ in us. And he calls us jars of clay. He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay because we're fragile, right? We're breakable. We, we can crush pretty easily by the circumstances of the world. So we have this treasure of Christ in jars of clay so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us, right? It's about God being lifted up. It was about Christ being lifted up on the cross that we might be saved. It's not a power from us. And we are pressured in every way, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we do not despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Paul says this treasure that you have is the life of Jesus Christ inside of you. And because he, he, he died and rose, when we believe we have risen to newness of life with him and that hope we have, that treasure we have in us means we don't have to be crushed because Jesus was. And finally this, what's good about that dark day? Well, he was exalted. He was lifted up so that those who believe in the son will, will also lift up the son. 2,000 years ago, my sin and your sin and the, and the Jewish people and the Roman people at that time lifted up Jesus on the cross and crucified him. Today, our job as believers in Christ is to lift him up and glorify him wherever we go. We aren't going to go around crucifying the son all over again. We're going to carry around the life of Jesus in us and we're going to lift up the, the, the son of God because he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. Amen? So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Who will exalt him? Those who believe and rest in the fruit that was accomplished that day on the cross, on that good day. You see, God loved the world in this way, that he gave us his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Would you stand and pray with me? Father, this is always a dark day, and it's a, the darkest day in history. But what was the darkest day was the best day. What was meant for evil, you intended for good, and we are so grateful for that. We thank you that you have all the power over sin and Satan and death, and those things can't hold us anymore. We thank you that you took the shame, that we can trust in you and in your word and what you've done for our salvation. God, help us to humbly approach you with confidence, knowing that your grace is enough for us. And that everywhere we go, we will lift up the cross of Christ for the glory of God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I hope you have a great Easter this, this week, okay? You're dismissed.